piercings, jewellery, work life, stories, personal experiences, what more do you want? Oh, the tea? Well, look no further. Welcome to Tea with Dee. I'm your host, Deanna. With 11 years of experience in the body piercing world, there are many stories I can tell. This podcast will go into the history of piercing, what happened, what historical events happened. There will also be submissions from clients about their own experiences and the history of them being pierced too. There will also be interviews with other piercers and other peers within the industry, it being jewellery specialists or jewellery makers. So why not sit back and listen to Tea with D? Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of Tea with D. Now, I think with every interview I'm going to make it so there's an audio version and a video version. So these will be available as audio and video. So audio would be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. And then the video will be available on YouTube, which is T with D. This week we got an interview with Charlotte Lucy, who owns Solstice in Shrewsbury. In this interview, we go into depth about how she got into the piercing industry, the history and so forth. We also go into a little bit about fibro and diabetes. There will be probably a round two at some point so we can get a bit more into it. But yeah, I hope you enjoy this week's episode. And please, can you introduce yourself and what you do? <laughs> this is like the hardest thing. Uh, right, yeah, I'm Charlotte. Um, I am a body piercer of eight years. Um, and I am based in Shrewsbury in Shropshire, and I've got my own studio. It's piercing only studio. Yeah. So let's talk about history. How did you get into the industry? Of course, we have <laughs> an unpaid actor. Um, so apprenticeship, basically. Um, I had my apprenticeship when I was 21. And it was a studio that I'd been to like religiously since I was like 14, 15. Um, and I'd actually just lost my job. And I was like, right, I'm going to go get some new piercings because what do we all do when we're, <laughs> we're sad? We go get piercings. Oh, yeah. um, and I was just sat there like talking to the woman that like one of the like owners. And I was just sort of like, oh, you know, I, I would really like to get into the industry. Um, obviously because I was like a regular there and stuff as well so she was just like well like we've got space do you want to maybe like come in for a chat and it just sort of went from there Um, and then very funny finished my apprenticeship and I woke up one morning um, to a text from them sacking me oh no what the hell yes so they basically sent me a text message and it said something along the lines of we don't think that you're made out for the industry I know I know I know um imagine like 21 year old me was like absolutely devastated absolutely fucking devastated because I absolutely loved what I was doing um and it's that typical thing isn't it it's like you know a job's not a job if you enjoy what you're doing it's that kind of that was that how I how I felt about it um then I I took near enough a year off just due to poor health but yeah I in the end I was just sort of like how the hell am I going to get back into the industry and I did what a lot of us peers have done and I basically just started out myself I wasn't I thought I was ready I wasn't and it was a massive massive learning curve mm-hmm. um and then well yeah from that point I've worked here there and everywhere and now I'm where I am with my own studio so good things can happen <laughs> yeah just put in the fucking effort to do it <laughs> <laughs> too persistent. much effort yeah. eight years of effort to get to even a point now where I'm like oh actually yeah I'm a, I am like a decent piercer. I've actually got to that point now, and I'm like, yeah, actually, <laughs> can have a couple bad. of gold stars for that. Yeah, literally gold stars and a few vegan Kit Kats. I'm happy with that. Hell yeah! 
So when it comes to piercings, how did you come about it? Was it like in school, college, growing school. up? School. Yeah. School. Yeah. I was that little emo kid, still the emo kid, nothing changes. Um, and I remember so vividly um, when I started to like feel like I could like express myself. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, dye my hair jet black, as we all do. Had the real big, big old fringe. And then I fell into the world of acrylic tapers. Oh, no. <laughs> oh dear, we all, we all went there. I we didn't. All went... <laughs> you didn't? No, I, I was, because my mum's a mod raver and my dad's also a raver so I grew up being a mod so my hair choice was dyeing it ginger so bleaching highlights into dyed black hair so I had like gingery blackish reddish hair but I had like a typical what you would call like a mod haircut and then when I turned like 14 15 that's when I started having my mullet and I've had one ever since um I was never like a emo scene goth kids I used to dress up in uh sports polo tops with dungarees Doc Martens or I'd wear the three quarter length baggy as fuck camouflaged like I don't know what type of trousers they were with like a grey hoodie and yeah and like converses (laughs) high converses like I would just wear like because back then it, it was difficult for me to even like come out and when I came out to my parents it's like bisexual now I'm very much like I love whoever I want to love I came out quite young and my mum was like well there's always one in the family well now it's only my sister she's the gay one so that's that sorted <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I just I I tip didn't wear makeup I was very tomboyish from a young age I used to wear Doc Martens with dungarees when I was a kid like five six years old so did I and there's literally photos of me literally dressed exactly like that I think every photo of me was like a pair of dungarees and it's just like that was it yeah (laughs) that's it I I was never the the scene or emo kids though I used to hang around with them not do like the whole acrylic stretching or anything no, I did have like my ears stretched, but I never did it with acrylic tapers or anything like that. I used tunnels, but that's because I was introduced to BME in like 2007. Yeah. So I already knew that stretching the ears is better off with like metal tunnels and acrylic shit. So, but I just, this is the thing I just remember so vividly in school. Um, obviously, being that typical emo kid that's like, oh, I don't want to do PE, PE beneath me. <laughs> Yeah. all that sort of stuff um, and I remember one of the teachers coming over to me and they were like you need to take that them out your ears and I was like what and obviously I, had these, I remember I can't remember what size they were I'd feel probably only about like a four mil so you're thinking they're, they're not they're not big um and I remember them turning around to me being like yeah you need to remove them because what happens if you poke someone's eye out <laughs> how close do you think I'm going to be getting to these other people? Like, what is this? Um, but that definitely, that definitely sparked it for me. It yeah. did. Cause I was just like, yeah, going to do this, going to do that. But the one thing, like I even say this to my customers, I never pierced myself. So I think like, as soon as I hit, literally as soon as I hit 16, I was like, I left school. I was like, that's it for me. Like that's it. Freedom. It's balls to the wall now. <laughs> like, like <laughs> that's it for me. I'm off. I'm gone. But then also growing up with like the like Avril Lavigne and stuff, mm-hmm. looking at people like her and then like I remember, no doubt, obviously Gwen Stefani with like her piercings and stuff, and I was just like, that's it for me. Wasn't I want for that. me. Wasn't them for me. Well, no, you were like a complete. <laughs> I was a complete different. I think the one that did like make me go, oh my god, was the Aerosmith crying video where she gets her navel pierced. I was like, that's fucking cool. But at that point, I was already a receptionist for a tattoo studio working on Saturdays, and I was like 14, 15 years old. So I already had like my septum, my tongue, my snake bites. <laughs> surface piercings had like one on this side two on this side you name it I was already like on the ball but that's because in in Newbury it is very conservative it is very like you know and the school was as well but they gave up because I was so persistent on wanting to be myself and stuff like that and I wasn't particularly like 
educated at the school either. Like they didn't know I was dyslexic, so they kind of called me the dumb kid and I'd be sat at the back doing jack shit. When I went to Newby College, that's when it changed. I was like, mm. oh, fuck, okay. Yeah, I'm dyslexic. That's cool. But <laughs> That's it, cool. <laughs> that's cool. Thanks for diagnosing me. Now I can actually do shit. Um, but my mum never held me back. Like, even though I did fake her signature and I I was grounded for, like, two weeks after I did that, uh, it was only two weeks because I was so fucking annoying. She was like, get out. Get out. <laughs> get, like, get out of the house now. Go away. <laughs> um, but I, I, I always wanted to be, like, the freedom kid. Like, I always wanted to be who I wanted to be. And my mum never, like, held me back from doing that. So I was lucky to be in a household where my parents were very chilled out, very relaxed with what I was doing. And I was like the only out of me and my sister, my older sister, I was the only one who was like really expressive anyway. Um, I'm like, I'm eldest child, but I'm an only child. So yeah, like my mom has always been, like my mom would even say it now, like she has always been that person that's like, just do what makes you happy. It doesn't yeah. matter what you're doing. As long as you're safe, do what makes you happy. Like express who you are as a person. Um, and I come from a family of like teachers. <laughs> yeah and then there's me <laughs> um I come from a family of teachers and it's just like it's just mad really like yeah. and I, I, I always remember like getting my first like tattoo and then my family being like oh yeah like yeah. What, what what is this what is this <laughs> um but now it's just very much like oh that's for Charlotte she's just <laughs> she's just she's just the weird one expressive just like let her get on with it if yeah happy, it's fine <laughs> yeah my mum my mum was like not the biggest fan of how I was expressing myself whereas my dad was my cheerleader it was very much yeah. like oh let me show you this and they were like show me like all of his tattoos that he's had done with like this guy in the back of a van who used to do it for like 50 quid you know and they look solid they're like fucking bring back those days <laughs> <laughs> they're solid work like the 10 out of 10 fucking tattoos like and he had his eyebrow pierced. And I remember when I was a kid, I'd look at him and be like, oh my God, because he had his eyebrow done. He had like gold hoops in his lobes. And he was just a very like well-spoken person, but was very opinionated. And my mum was exactly the same. And I was like, well, if they could be like it, I could be like it. And I think that's what influenced yeah. me so much. And then This Is England came out. And yeah. I was like, there we go. I'm sorted. I'm done. It's my calling. <laughs> yeah. And that was it. That was That's what influenced me to be the person that I grew up to be because I was just like oh oh if they can have the freedom to be punks and skinheads then I can have the freedom to be a mod and become a piercer and I just took that one look at us all grown up I know <laughs> secretly dying but we're getting yeah there. <laughs> especially between the both of us yes <laughs> what was your first piercing and do you remember where you went, like the kind of experience that you had with getting it done? Oh no, this is a horror story. <laughs> it's not a horror story. It's okay. my first, obviously, right. So we we come from like the whole kind of like generation where when you look, obviously yours is probably different because of like, obviously being in the industry from such like a younger age. Um, and obviously having the parents that you did that were quite expressive in themselves and all that sort of stuff. And I, my first piercings were done at Claire's Accessories. Like most people my age though, because yeah. it was one of those where, you know, your parents would sort of look at kind of like tattoo and piercing shops and sort of be like, no, I'm not taking my child there. Mm -hmm. Like, why would I do that? Because it was like such a taboo thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember my mom, she did not want me having them done at all. She did not want me having them done. And I was six and I remember being at school and obviously all my friends are starting to get their lobe peers and I'm there and I'm like, I want pretty earrings. Um, and my one of my mom's friends bought a voucher for Claire's and my mom was not happy. Um, but the funny thing is, like, I don't really, I don't really remember it just because like, it was like so long ago now yeah um and like i i genuinely the only issues i really had was like having reactions to the jewelry and all mm -hmm. that sort of stuff um but i apparently i would literally i walked in there and i started crying and like ran back out 
but that was like a thing that I did several times before I actually went forward and had it done (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it's one of those isn't it it's it is especially us as peers is like that is such a big subject in the matter of everything um but obviously I do not condone it (laughs) so it's one of those it's like yeah it just that just happened but I, I do remember getting like my first proper piercing yeah it was just having my helix pierced oh, nice. and it was weirdly at the shop that I had my apprenticeship with um <laughs> but I vividly remember them piercing it and me walking out and just gushing with blood <laughs> and I still went and had an apprenticeship with them like what what was <laughs> what was I doing what was I doing? <laughs> yeah, I think we've all been there. Like I oh God, yeah. was a regular client for Cutthroat Tattoo and it was Heidi and then Jazz she'll probably listen to this. Hi Jazz. Um yeah. she <laughs> was Heidi's apprentice and then I went started going to Jazz for piercings. So she did my cheeks. She never done cheeks before. So I was like, yeah, I'll have my cheeks done, you know. I never really did anything on my ears. Like I never went near my ears, but cheeks were like the main piercing I got first, pretty much. Yeah. Apart from lip and septum. Like I got my cheeks done, then I got uh anti-eyebrow, um, a bridge. Like I just volunteered to all the piercings that just hadn't really done or had yeah. like less experience of doing. So I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do it. And then because I was so persistent and I was a regular client, so when she started looking for, for apparentness, I was just like, Yeah, Gordon, I'll do it. Pick me, please. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> And I was still getting piercings at the time as well. So when, when she was looking, she was just like, yeah, it makes sense. Why not? And then when I became the apprentice, that's when we started like uh, volunteering more and uh, exploring. And yeah, we did high nostrils. Like she did her first ever set of high nostrils on me. And then we realized that the way that we did them was the wrong way to do them. So then we figured out how to do them the next time. So it's like a trial and error on me. <laughs> And there's, there's a picture on Facebook. I share it every year without a doubt. I don't know whether you've seen it, but it's a picture of me when I'm looking at a camera. My eyebrows are smudged. There's blood all over my face. And I'm yes. That's, yeah. That's the picture of when I got my high nostrils done. And there was a photographer in, and it was Jazz's friend. So they took pictures of me getting my high nostrils done. And I share it every year without a doubt. And I tag Jazz in it like, huh, remember? <laughs> to be fair, when I had my highs done, it was, it was a bit of a bloody mess. It really was. Oh, we really was. did them with, I think it was like 1.2 cannulas. And then we put like 0.8 mil nostril pins in with straight ones. So when I got out home, they just, bing. Oh, it's that and then like the scratching. In, uh, like, no in scratching or anything no like that. No scratching because they just flew out. Yeah, they literally <laughs> pressure-wise, they just, one went ping. I had blood gushing out and the other one went ping. And I was just like, oh. Okay, we'll try again with different things next time. So next time we did them with like, I think it was just um, nostril screws, I think. Yeah. And I stayed in for like three, four years. Oh my God. Yeah, but we were very experimental. The thing is like now I'm like, I'm such a baby. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just remember being like, yeah, do it. Just do whatever. And like I remember in my apprenticeship, I was like, yeah, let's, let's do this surface piercing. Let's do this. Let's do that. Bear in mind, I really vividly remember the woman that taught me she I remember her literally just peers in like people's like obviously webbings of their hands like their thumbs and their fingers mm-hmm. I remember me just sitting there thinking no <laughs> like <laughs> no <laughs> like to me I was just a bit like <laughs> yeah I get gonna... do you know what I mean and I was uh-huh. just started thinking yeah no even then I was like that's not that's not a good idea is it <laughs> like that's just not a good idea <laughs> Well, back when I was doing my apprenticeship, I was still like, I still went on BME now and then, but it wasn't like a particularly like popular website by then. Like I kind of like died down a little bit. And Jazz was like, oh, we're going to do a corset piercing today. And I was like, oh, that's sick. Like I've always seen them on BME, but I've never seen one in person. And this client volunteered her arm. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. We're going to do it on an arm. And yeah, I helped jazz do it it was probably the most coolest experience I ever did and then I think it was like a few weeks before I gave birth to Lou I did a full corset piercing on the back and I was like all right that's it I'm fucking done <laughs> my retirement this is the thing, like, I do I love 
the whole play piercing thing as we call it now like I do love it and I just do remember like vividly thinking like that's so sick I want to do mm. that um and there is a handful of people like that do it very well like very well but I'm just like <laughs> no for me now I'm like I'm I'm just I just don't think I could do it I think it's too much I don't know there's just too much that has to go behind it do you know what I mean like there's a lot of planning that has to go behind that sort of stuff or not Either planning or just wing it <laughs> Let's... that's what I did I was just like I ain't fucking planned this we'll just wing it cool if it turns out good it turns out good uh, it turned out right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's, oh, it's definitely God. like an interesting thing like I was so interested because in of being me and I was like oh yeah let's, let's do it one of the clients who volunteered was a good friend anyway, so it was just like, oh, if I fuck up, they'll know. They'll be all right with it. So <laughs> it's kind of like a win-win in the situation. Um, and yeah, I, I don't, uh, think the, don't think the people of Shrewsbury would really be down for that, to be honest. Same with Newbury. Like, I get a lot of clients who travel from London and that for, like, anything to do with that. So it's kind of just like, yeah, Newbury's very conservative, so I don't see that happening anytime soon. So yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. shit. Like, even, like, suspension at a fucking convention the nearest one I went to was Oxford and I did it there and um yeah it was an interesting one it was really cool saw somebody getting tattooed while suspended I was like yeah I can I can cope with that that's cool yeah <laughs> I'd yeah. be there like I'm I'm baby I can't <laughs> do this <laughs> I am baby <laughs> yeah I I saw it and I think it was State of Bliss who did it as well so I was like oh yeah I know this group already so it's pretty cool to see it done um but would I do it I have done it twice in my life before I did it when I was 18 and I did it again a year later um but I won't do it now because of fibro like yeah mate I was literally about to say no one knows like it it can happen at any time I think the problem is as well because of how we react differently how we kind of recept that pain Mm -hmm. it's it is so different um and like I always say this to people, like, you know, if I'm going and have say having like a heavy tattoo session, I'm all right on the day, it's the day after. Mm-hmm. It's like my body gets that delayed response of pain and then it goes, Whoa, what the hell has happened? Yeah. Um, and that's the thing, isn't it? I think because it is one of those illnesses as well that <laughs> you know, there's not enough research behind it. No. We don't really know what causes everything. Um and I, yeah, I think like I just as much as I've in the past, I thought, do you know what? Like I'd love to try doing suspension. Yeah, I just don't think my body, my body would just hate it. Yeah, same as it's I, like absolutely anything trigger wise. It just is usually concluded to pain. Like I had a tattoo mm-hmm. done. Like I had a tattoo relined. God, like two months ago, and literally like a week later, I had a flare up. I was like, okay, yeah, tattoos once a year, maybe. At Bush. I was like, that's it. And I'm there like once a month at the moment. I'm like, do you know what? Yeah, let's just do it. It's fine. No, no, I can't do it. Charlotte, have you made sure you've booked two days off work afterwards? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And then, like, it's so weird when they diagnose you as well, because I don't know how Mm -hmm. it was with you, but with me, it was kind of like a parent one, parent two, parent three, parent four. And parent one and two is like symptoms of having it, but it's not like the full extent. And then parent three and four was like full symptoms, full extent. Yeah, well, it wasn't like that with me it, at all. Well, it was like, yeah. yeah. Hematologist did it with me. So I was just like, that's cool. Um, and it was the best way of explaining it to me because I didn't really know anything much about it prior. And they, I'd had like this diary of like two years of like hello somebody needs to fucking listen to me because I have this diary here where I'm like explaining all these symptoms and you need to listen Mm -hmm. to me GPs here they're not really interested so I have private health care that I pay for so prior to COVID went to hematologist that's when they were like you have symptoms of parent three you basically have it but it's not like the Mm. full radical extent of it and I was like okay yeah at least I've got a diagnostic now but it's getting to the point where now I am showing symptoms of lupus. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> okay, cool. And it's like a 20, 25% chance that you can get fibro and lupus. So it's like, that's a really high percentage, higher than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And the symptoms basically showed 
as you would see it like I get a butterfly rash across my face whenever I'm exposed to UV I get like blister like feeling at the bottom of my feet my feet go numb my skin feels like it's on fire I'm like the list goes on and on and on so of course I've contacted my hematologist but it's like a long ass wait and I'm like I'm mm-hmm. paying for private health care here <laughs> why is it a long wait with private health i am paying for this why is this happening <laughs> what the fuck and i'm also funny thing going through the process of possibly having adhd so it's like oh I'm in the club i know waiting list for nearly two years mine's and uh... the, mad, the mad thing about all of it is like so i got diagnosed with i'm trying to think now what year it was I got diagnosed with bpd like probably about three years ago mm-hmm. um and I've had the same psychiatrist ever since like he's absolutely incredible like, I cannot fault it whatsoever um and I remember like one of the appointments I had with him I just I remember saying to him like I'm not sure all of this is BPD like I'm pretty damn certain it's not and like I really struggle through school yeah um like I just I don't hold information very well as well mm-hmm. I panic <laughs> Like I just I I've known since I was younger that like something I've I've just felt a little bit different mm-hmm. if that makes sense even though it's not a matter of being different because it's not um but I remember my psychiatrist that she's saying to me he was like yeah I'm pretty certain you've got ADHD but I'm not allowed to give you the diagnosis yeah. I've got to send you off for assessment and I'm two years yeah. down the line now and I'm like yeah like <laughs> what. <laughs> what (laughs) it's a tricky thing at the moment because like the whole like funded side of things when it Mm -hmm. comes to gps there are so many people who are pocketing privately off gps that actual funding that needs to go into these parts aren't so that's Mm -hmm. why the waiting lists left right and center are absolutely ridiculous even when you pay for private health care you're still waiting a year it's like it's crazy uh, (laughs) why is this happening like come on this is so long but it's like you know it's crazy to think it because like uh the poll that elizabeth did in the pearson group and it was asking like what neurodiversity people had and stuff like that there were so many people putting like adhd autism add stuff like that and i was Mm -hmm. like whoa there are a lot of people in the piercing industry who have it and i'm like is it the creative spectrum of it is it the not so much controlling spectrum of it is it because it's like a 30 40 minute appointment per person so there's not much concentration it's just as many things that I was thinking in my head like what what could it possibly be but we don't know no we don't no we don't this is the thing like so many like so many of our like mutual friends in the industry have obviously you know either ADHD ASD or like do you know what I mean like there's so many of us but then I think I do I love it though because I'm like as soon as you put us all together it's just it's just one big party in it like it is it is feral chaotic energy but I love it and I'm here for it because we all understand each other Mm -hmm. we don't even have to say anything and we just understand yeah and that that is one really good thing about it is the fact that we are all very much like oh yeah yeah that's me yeah 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 cool (laughs) and the funny thing is is that when we do go to these conferences or whatever the the first thing we talk to each other about is piercings like it's not like hi how are you it's like what piercings have you done lately show me like it's not like hello my name is d how are you today it's like come on show me your work what have you been doing what's your favorite piercing to do is it a conch it's a conch it's gotta be a conch it has to be a conch and it's just so ridiculous i'm just like we follow each other on social media of course we know what fucking piercings we're doing yeah i've literally just liked your like most recent like 10 posts like i've kept up to date with everything why are you asking (laughs) have you been busy well i know you have been busy because i've been checking your schedule (laughs) i'm so scottish this is the fucking worst (laughs) yeah we are we're just i think we're just weird yeah i just think we're just weird you've got to be in this industry i think you can't be so it doesn't it doesn't work with this kind of job doesn't it doesn't at all it really doesn't did you always wanted to do piercing like was it like the career that you kind of wanted to do or was no, it like a backup it wasn't 
it wasn't and thing is the really weird thing is it's like I just remember obviously like as a kid like I've always been such an animal person mm. like I have always been such an animal person like I grew up with cats and there's like even photos of me like when I was a baby with like my parents cat Alfie and like he would sit next to me and I always just wanted to work with animals that was literally all I ever wanted to do and I think obviously as time went on and then we start getting introduced to like more alternative sides of things like more like the fashion and that sort of stuff it just sort of came from there mm-hmm. and it was just sort of a bit like because I am such an animal person I'd get too attached <laughs> so, obviously for me I was just like that's a path we should go down because I will be that person coming home to say if I'm ever if I'm ever married coming home with like a brand new cat every other day <laughs> or it's like I've seen this goat it's got one eye so I've had to take it home with me like that's the type of person that I yeah. am but no it didn't and I think obviously from being a regular like obviously in the studio that I apprenticed that obviously that definitely sparked more of it for me as well mm-hmm. um but like the re like there's so many reasons behind it and I sit there and I think sometimes and I'm like how like how did this even happen do you know what I mean I'm like how did how did I end up in the position that I'm in now Mm -hmm. but I could not imagine doing anything else yeah like I just couldn't imagine doing anything else yeah I'm literally the same when I was a kid I wanted to be a journalist or news person like sit on there and be like hi welcome to this evening's news like that's what I I wanted to be I know and I'll do your pieces of paper there are pieces of paper on the desk like yeah <laughs> that's, that's what i wanted news. to be as a kid and um as i got older when i went to college i got into it quite a lot and i started using like java and i knew how to build like websites do security and stuff like that so my backup was university like i, yeah. wanted, I got a placement at newcastle university and i was going to go and do computer science and then at the same time i got offered a job piercing in london and i was like would i rather be eight hours away from my family or would i be an hour and a half yeah so i took the london job uh, it's yeah. just weird like looking back like oh if i took that newcastle one where would i be right now where would you be like, now but then it's one of those isn't it it's like your life has clearly led you to where you're meant to be yeah without sounding like cliche it's <laughs> look at me over here advice guru <laughs> <laughs> Don't quit your day job, Charlotte. It's not worth it. <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> but it's true, though. Like, there's always going to be that alter universe. Like, what could, what could, what could it possibly be? What if? But I'm kind of happy being a piercer and doing what I'm doing. But I think the whole like journalist side of me is like really thriving off this. Like, yeah, really thriving off this. And it kind of takes me back to when I was a kid. I remember this video that my nan showed me and I made like a TV out of a cardboard box and I'd be like sat there and I'd be like, hello, my name's Diana. This is the BBC News. And I did like, oh, I a segment. That. Yeah, I did like a whole segment so of like <laughs> the news of the week and Newbury, what's going on, what's on and like the weather. I pretend like there was a sun and stuff like that. And yeah, that's what I wanted to do yeah. <laughs> so, so long. Like in my primary you school, like my heart record book. so happy. <laughs> yeah, I had like a primary school record book at the end of year six, and it'd ask you like, "What career you want to go on and stuff like that." And it, yeah, journalist. It said straight away in capital letters, or like news reporter. That that was the the goal. And it was so weird. And then when I got to secondary school, it was body piercer. <laughs> Get that cardboard TV back out. <laughs> Oh god, yeah, I might have to at some point. Who would you say is like your inspo in the industry? Like, who do you idolize and look up to? It's crazy because I think I think there's so many people that I have looked up to that I now don't look up to, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but in all fairness, like I sort of look at it now is. It's all my kind of like like my closest group of peers and friends. And yes, obviously you're part of that. I feel loved. <laughs> you should. <laughs> <laughs> but it is like, I don't, 
think like the who the first person was that I was like oh my god like this is it for me um but obviously I absolutely adore Lynn and I have for a long time um I remember seeing some of like Lynn's work like years ago being like that is absolutely stunning that is beautiful I would love to be to that point um but I think I've kind of looked up to several different people in different aspects. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like it's not yeah. just been, it's not just been like a one person kind of thing. Um, like I do look up to several people because I just, Ollie Todd being probably, and Ollie, we do, we love you, Ollie. We, oh we God, love you. We do. Yeah. But I think Ollie is definitely up there with a lot of it. Um, yeah, it's, and I think it's different these days as well because obviously because we do have things like TikTok and stuff and you do tend to see a lot of people on there. Um, mm. And like Colin, what's his second name? I know who you're on about, the one who works at Bath and Buddha. Yes, yeah, so the one does all, all the like mm-hmm. smooth ass piercings. Yeah, completely blew my mind yeah. when he used a mask to close up a ring. I was like... Yeah, I know. <laughs> what is this i was like that's a brilliant way of using masks that you don't need anymore um yeah i i absolutely love watching colin's videos and you know what i find it it's like therapy for me Mm -hmm. i think because of just how soothing his voice is yeah and it's just very relaxing yeah and then i'm there and i'm like am i like that no i'm probably chaotic (laughs) feral energy i am and they're like sick you ready yeah let's go I'm not like that at all. If you ask my oh. customers, like that is not me in the slightest. But uh, in my head, I am. It is. I'm. I'm like the cheerleader. I'm like, yeah, you've done it. Go you. That's it wasn't that bad, was it? Touch elbows. Yeah. <laughs> so Ryan that does Ember. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I got my first order through uh, yesterday. Very impressed. Yeah, I need to pay some order. Tangency. <laughs> the tangents i i shouldn't have done an order because my accountant said no like so many times but i kind of was just like i'm allowed it's fine now it's she's telling me yeah. <laughs> now she's really telling me off because i've got bbla order order soon so i'm just like if you were to work in another studio who would be your boss or co-worker like your dream boss co-worker within the industry yeah <laughs> this is a hard question i know because i said it to elizabeth right and i said to her don't pick paddy <laughs> he's not allowed he's not part of this no, no, <laughs> paddy exactly. doesn't exist right now <laughs> no, don't. No. i don't know because like hey, that's hard isn't it that is hard like to be fair i think i'd love nathan just, I would love Nathan. Like I genuinely would. Nathan, and then you've also got Ollie. But I love Joe Webster as well. Mm-hmm. I think she's just like she's just a, like an all around lush person. Um, and you know, it just uh, that's really difficult. <laughs> <laughs> like, who am I meant to say? <laughs> who yeah. Yeah, exactly? Um, and that's why it's a dream because, like you know, it it can manifest like one day that that, that could happen. I don't think they'd be able to deal with me. I'd be too annoying. <laughs> <laughs> be like, talk to me, please. Show me everything. <laughs> everything yeah. that you know, all of the knowledge. Um, obviously, when we were saying about Lynn before as well, like I would love to even just be like with Lynn. I think that would just be such an unreal experience. Yeah. Um, just from all aspects, really. Just, yeah, it'd be pretty cool. But there's me in Shrewsbury, <laughs> not in America. <laughs> so that's probably never going to happen. But you still. never know. Manifest it, mate. Get your crystals out. Manifest the shit out of that. Oh, they're, already on, they're already on my window. They're charging. <laughs> when it comes to jewellery, which manufacturer are you currently loving? And is there like a particular piece that you're really enjoying? So I've recently started stocking um, an art metal. And I 
do you know what like I was so hesitant at first with bringing in new gold companies because I was always just Juniper like straight mm-hmm. through um and like Juniper have been like massive supporters for me um for a long ass time to be honest and I've recently just got obviously in their lookbook and all that sort of stuff which was yeah, congrats on that great. that was crazy and the mad thing is like I remember apply, like applying for it last year and thinking ah we'll see what happens kind of thing and then you just don't hear anything yeah and then I had an order turn up last week for it was literally just a custom order for someone and I was like why is this so heavy why is it like the parcel was like this big and I was like the parcels are usually like this mm. and I opened it and I was like oh my god oh my god and I was like am I in there am I in there and there I was <laughs> double page spread and everything um yeah i'm really loving working with like anatomy at the moment mm-hmm. um and to be honest piece wise though like there's so many of them but i think my most my, like the most popular pieces that my customers love is obviously like their moons mm-hmm. um i love using like any of their moons or the um deers mm-hmm. um but to be honest, yeah, my customers love it. And like, I was so hesitant at first because I was like, oh, how is this going to go down? Um, and here I am, like, about to place, place my third order. Do you know what I mean? In like not even three months because people oh, have just gone, that. yeah, I love that. Like, let's do it. Um, I'm still to yet place my first BBLA order. Good luck. But <laughs> I know. It, it's so fucking the, difficult. Yeah. Even the <laughs> thought of the forms buys me um so but that is something that i will be doing in the next like month or so Um, if you need any help with the bvla let me know because yeah please (laughs) i'm a good old pro it's literally it's a lot those forms are a lot um but that's sort of why i also love like and that oh it's just the fact that i'm like boop 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 (laughs) yeah in done (laughs) sorted yeah happy um but i've got quite a few is pieces as well that i love as well like obviously like premiums and stuff like people absolutely live for that um but yeah there's 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 a lot of there's a lot of pieces but then i do you know what like i always think oh these pieces will really sell and i absolutely love them and then you just sit there yeah and you're like why mm-hmm. like why is this just sat there what is going on i am um, um, i've got one of the um so I've got one of the like little Marquise ones. You know the ones from Anato where it's got the Marquise in the center and then the two tiny little like on oh, the yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. But the accents, yeah. Yes, the accents. And I've got one of those at the moment in yellow gold, um, with three sapphire whites in it. Mm. And I'm there and I'm like, You're so beautiful. <laughs> so no one's taking you. <laughs> Why is this not happening? Um so I'm praying at some point someone will because I'm just like, I just absolutely love that piece. I think it's absolutely stunning. Um, but yeah, so for me, I think it probably at the moment would be Anato, definitely. But Ember, definitely going to have to get my hands on some Ember. Yeah, honestly, I'm, just, I'm a huge Anato metal fan, have been since like I was at Classic Markings. That was like 2015, 2014, 2015. Yeah. But back then there was no like, an Mail UK. It was just an Mail UK. Yes. And it was like a thick ass catalogue about this thick. And you had to learn. I miss those catalogues. Same. <laughs> so I miss those catalogues um, so much. My first order had like, it was four attachments. So two princess cut prong set attachments and then two cabochons, white opals. And I sold them. Now I'm in Pearl Collective. I have moon seam rings that are basically drawn up by me. And then made by Barry and the team at Anatometal. And I remember Barry messaging me and he was like, are you sure you want these moons off-center? And I was like, yes, I want them off-center. I want them quirky. I want them different. I've sold one since getting them, so I'm quite happy about that. Um, But the hardest pieces I ever had in stock were these quadruple... They were ridiculous big fuck-off cluster captive rings right and they only look good in conch piercings i got two of them right got one with like green brown and champagne cz and then one all white cz and i was like oh the all white one's gonna sell 
No, the fucking coloured one sold first after like a year and a half. <laughs> and then the white CZ one only just sold this year. So I said to myself, yeah, I'll never order them again. I'll probably get the smaller ones next time, not the big-ass fuck-off ones. Big-ass chunky boys, yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. just like, God damn it, why me? Why do I have to pick the most stupid things ever? Because the thing is, we think, though, don't we? We're like, yeah, like, our customers love CZs, like, especially just, you know, clear, white CZs. People live for that. And then you do, you get some pieces, and you're like, yep, that's going to sell straight off the bat. And then, then they're the ones that sit there, and you're like, mm-hmm. Can you not see this? That, that was um, <laughs> pretty it. much the same with my second BVLA order. I got like white sapphires, uh, white diamonds. The only things I sold were my get amethyst. Some diamonds. I'm still yeah. to get some diamonds. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do- okay. Yep. If you do you do it, just change. like get like two of them just to start off with, just to see if they do sell because it's always difficult to sell diamonds because it is diamonds it's got that name to it um but like yeah for some reason amethyst that's all i'm selling at the moment is amethyst either rose cut cavachon or sand blasted and it's mainly in rose gold yeah and it's mainly rose gold i have about two customers that wear rose gold that's it oh i've got a handful (laughs) literally no one else I've got two. And the thing is, I don't bother stocking it. Mm. I just custom order it for the people that want it because there's just no point. It won't sell. It'll just sit there. No, no, um, I, I have so... it all. all. All the pits that I can with rose gold. Uh, or I fuck up and I get something in yellow gold instead of white. And then I'm like, oh, that's never going to sell. Like I have this yeah. um, BVLA cluster that I was like really excited to get because it was like green quartz. And I was like, oh yeah, that's going to look so sick because it's in white gold. Right, no, I ordered it in yellow gold. So it doesn't even look like green quartz unless it's like under a certain light. And I'm like, that's that's never going to (laughs) sell. What what did I do? It's like, oh no. I keep having a panic attack whenever an invoice comes through. I'm like, oh no, I'm not ready for you yet. That was me with my last Anato one. Because obviously like the wait times were longer Mm. when I did my first one. And then my Nato one, I was just like, sick, I can put this, 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 this away. I like sorted it all out of my head. Three weeks later, invoice came through and I was like, <gasps> I wasn't expecting this. Little assholes. They just know, don't they? They're like, oh, <laughs> summer's around the corner. Quick. Yeah. Do quicker turnaround times. Yeah. When it comes to jewellery, if you could design your own piece of jewellery, what metal and stones would you have well <laughs> now we're talking uh, so the, my studio is basically so a studio called solstice um so i've got everything in there is a bit of a mix of some nice greens um i've got some gold in there and i'm a big lover of my green and my gold together so pretty much any piece that is yellow gold with any form of genuine green on it, I'm gone. I'm sold. Like, that's <laughs> it. I'm out of here kind of thing. Um, <laughs> and, like, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like if I sat and really thought about it, half the things that I'd be like, yeah, that, 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 it's probably already done. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, yeah, that look really cool. And then I go scroll through, and I'm like, oh, or maybe it doesn't. Yeah, it's always a hard one, isn't it? When you want to like customize your own piece of jewelry, and then you're like, oh wait, no, that design's already taken. Yeah, that's it. It's it's done. Maybe not then. So yeah, but... I haven't really got much of an answer on that one because pretty much everything that I love is already pretty much been done. <laughs> Well, if you could create a piece of jewellery and it was your own design, your own taste, what would you name it? I'd name it after my studio. Yeah. So it'd be Solstice. Oh, I love so that. So my logo is, my logo is so simplistic, but the reason I've done it so simplistic is just so it has a bit more of a flow to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it is very, very simple, but I've got my like, Obviously, it's like an oval shape. It's got it's like rays coming off it. And then inside the bottom of the oval, 
is um a crescent moon mm-hmm. um so i would love that like i think like at some point i probably will get someone to possibly make me one Danella. Danella. Yes, Hello, Danella. Like. <laughs> yeah, she's she's back from conferences, so <laughs> hit me up. Um so yeah, I think I would. And I the thing is, I know my customers would love that because a lot of my customers love anything, anything kind of moon related. Mm-hmm. Anything do you know what I mean? Like that sort of vibe. Sorry, I just heard my cat. I was just trying to figure out where she was. Literally in the background. Oh, oh, oh yeah, there, there she is. <laughs> I could hear her and I was like, where is she? Oh, hello. Hello, Miko. How are you today? When it comes to us piercers, we do critique ourselves quite a bit. What do you critique yourself on the most? Like, what do you think? Like, when you look at your work, what do you need to improve on? What What's your critique of yourself? Do you know what? So the one piercing, the, the piercing that I really just, don't like doing is navel piercings Mm. I'm never happy with them um and the thing is I know when I look at them and like obviously with my customers and stuff like that I know like I've got nothing to worry about if that makes sense Mm -hmm. but I'm just never happy with how they come out um Mm. like if I didn't I have I have genuinely thought even being like I don't know if I even want to continue doing them because I just there's just something about it for me that I just don't enjoy doing um and I'm just yeah I'm just never really happy with like how things turn out but like aside from that like I think it's still obviously piercing related like obviously when like you understand having your own studio like I wish I was better at social media for one (laughs) like like if I could improve that wildly I would um and I go through phases and I think that's part of have, being like the whole neurodivergent side of thing as well is I go through phases where I'm so invested I, I love every single thing I'm doing and then it's like a switch and then I'm like I lose interest see you later and mm-hmm. I've got this like backlog of photos yeah um so that's, that's currently what I'm going through at the moment yeah I'm not posting anything I think it's like, so are you hard there? though because I'm I'm struggling because I've got obviously it's great I've got because I'm so busy I'm struggling because I'm just sort of like I'm so focused on just piercing and piercing alone that I forget that I have got other things to do with the business Mm -hmm. um and it's sort of hit a point for me now and like I've had to sort of I'm glad I've come to the realization that I might need some help with it yeah um so that's something that I'm thinking about just to take some of that pressure off myself really um so yeah like critiques wise it would just be if we're looking at it in the terms of piercing it would just be doing a specific piercing that I just I just don't I don't enjoy doing I'm never happy with them um but yeah also being better at social media it's it's a funny one when it comes to social media because of course me and you were in the generation which we grew up around social media yeah thank you for making me feel really old there (laughs) like i wasn't introduced to a computer until i was like 15 like (laughs) like we didn't get a computer at home until i was like a teenager like we had dial up it's like like that that was it that that yeah that was it um facebook tumblr of course later on throughout maybe when i was like 18 19 20 but it's still difficult to keep up yeah. with social media because it's always changing and developing. So it's like... And when we're battling with algorithms left, right, yeah. and centre as well, it's just awful. And like, you know, with piercing also, it's like because it's so related to SM, BDSM and all that, mm-hmm. we are flagged as sensitive content yeah. all the time. And it mm-hmm. ruins our pages. We get shadow banned. We get blocked from doing certain things we can get our accounts taken down so it's like what's even the point yeah <laughs> of doing social media if our accounts yep. are just gonna get ruined like yeah it's just and that's my argument all the time like yeah social media because we need to get a clientele and all that but i just can't be asked with it no neither can i, I. Just... neither can i if moment... i didn't have to have social media i wouldn't yeah <laughs> Yeah, when I was off Facebook for like near enough a month, best thing I did, but I still had to do 
my business Facebook and my yeah. Instagram and I'm like I can't escape <laughs> it's always there isn't it it's just yeah. always there it's like my sister she helps with my Facebook but she doesn't want to do my Instagram because my Instagram is so busy and I'm like well how do you think I feel even put on there being like emails only but you still get twenty thousand yeah. other things coming through and you're like how have you not read this it's just, just email me email I've, me <laughs> i've taken my automatic response off because i just couldn't be asked with the question marks all the time when it comes to piercing as a career where do you see yourself in 10 20 years time do you know it's such a it's such a wild one because if you ask me that like this time not even two years ago I wouldn't have even thought I'd be where I am now mm-hmm. does that make sense yes. like the fact that I have my own piercing only studio it's a private studio mm-hmm. um and like one of like I had so many goals for my studio and it just happened at the right time for me um and I think like I just want to I don't know it's it's really difficult to think about I think especially when you are like chronically ill it is hard to think <laughs> about isn't it because it's just oh, like gotcha. well, you don't know what you're going to be like next week let alone tomorrow no, I don't know what I'm going to be like in five minutes D like yeah. no idea um but like I do eventually I like, obviously want to have a bigger studio whether that's going to be in Shrewsbury or not I don't know mm-hmm. um because you know Shrewsbury's hard it's really difficult um not so much for custom it's just difficult for a lot of other kind of things um but yeah I think the main thing for me is just still being able to enjoy what I love doing mm-hmm. um and just having a bit more stability because obviously when you've got your own studio it's it's so hard <laughs> sometimes you have days where you, you can't even keep your head above water because you're just that stressed mm-hmm. um yeah and it's that and I just want to especially this this year I've made such a valiant effort to be like I have boundaries Mm -hmm. like and I've made sure this year I've been like no my boundaries are in place and like I've noticed that in the last couple of months like I've really been able to be like I can actually have a social life my my life isn't just piercing Mm -hmm. if that makes sense and you know I've got some like absolutely like awesome people around me at the moment and that's definitely helped me in so many ways um but yeah it's just sort of like I want to have a better work-life balance Mm -hmm. (laughs) definitely um and have a bigger shop and be able to have like cabinets upon cabinets upon cabinets of all this beautiful jewelry I think Um, that's like everyone's dream yeah (laughs) it is but it's also not even just that just being a fully like I am the so I'm the only fully accessible peers in studio in Shrewsbury. Um, Same and, in Newbury. Yeah. I'm the only one who yeah. can give access to those who are disabled yeah. with wheelchairs. Like the rest uh-huh. of them, they can't. And that was a big thing for me because Shrewsbury is a Tudor town. Mm-hmm. So we've got some old buildings. Same with Newbury. And these old buildings are like, the stairs are like this. And mm-hmm. I remember looking at places and I was like, even me getting to the top of there. If I'm having a bad fibro day, I'm not making it to the top of those stairs. No. Um, and the place that I'm in, like we've got, um, obviously we have a ramp outside. I'm on the first floor. Um, and I even had my partition wall and stuff built. So for the purpose of having wheelchair accessibility through mm-hmm. it. Um, and yeah, as a, obviously as a disabled person, it's something that's like massive for me. Because yep. I'm like, it's, it's all or nothing. If I can't have that, that's it. I don't, I'm not going to that place. I'm not doing that. That's not good for me. Remaining in the nice, safe space that I've created, but being able to kind of like have other people there as well. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know if I'd ever have tattoo art. I don't know if I'd ever have tattoo artists. Never again for me. <laughs> no, I think, mm, Yeah. It's like a different breed. It is. With, uh, it is. It's scary. Um, we don't have but... any tattooists at Headcase now. There was a ta- no. tattooist who were in the room upstairs and they've gone. So we have myself, a piercer, beauty therapist, Natasha. She'll probably be listening. So, hey, Natasha. Hey. Um, <laughs> hairstylist called Kat. She's crazy. She's a crazy lady. 
Uh, and then there's new people that come in who are nutrition experts or something like that. It's it's such a unique building that I'm in. Like, it's not my business, but it's my business. Like, I sub rent yeah. a room within a building that the whole building isn't a business. It's just separate yeah. businesses within one. And when I first went there, the first thing I looked at was how wide are the doors? Do they allow people mm-hmm. to come in on a wheelchair or walking stick? Can my room yep. be adaptable to those to go in and ticked all the boxes? So I yep. knew straight away that, yeah, that's the place to go to. I think things as well, like working in studios that claim to be like fully accessible mm-hmm. when when they're not is a hard thing because it's like that's, yeah, that's a whole different topic for a different day. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it was a massive thing for me because I was just like, I've got quite a few um, customers that are wheelchair users. Mm-hmm. And my first thought instantly for me was like, is this going to be great for them? Is this going to work for them? Mm-hmm. Um, and the building that I work in, it's basically, it's classed as a shopping centre, but it, it's it's all individual like indie businesses, which yeah. is absolutely lovely. Um, and the building actually used to be a hospital in the war so it's a very old building oh I love that um but yeah like it's the same in there like we've got obviously we've got barbers in there we've got suit shops we've got photographers mm-hmm. uh we've got a girl that does skincare we've got obviously lashes we've got aesthetics we've got every single thing under like one roof oh I love that um I know and it's so nice because it's just you know you've got that support system there basically mm-hmm. so but yeah, like I do absolutely love where I am, but obviously eventually, yeah, I do want a bigger premises. I always do one random question at the end of every interview because I think Here it just go. breaks it up and it's fucking brilliant. And Here I know go. that you're a lover of food. So what is your perfect sandwich? What? <laughs> right, okay. So going to be very specific here. Oh, I don't know actually. Like, no. <laughs> you can ask me all these intense questions, and as soon as it's like, what's your perfect sandwich? I'm like, um, mm-hmm. uh, I do love a crisp sandwich. You can't go wrong with a crisp sandwich. You can't can you? go wrong with a crisp sandwich. Um, God, this is difficult. Especially as a vegan where, like, vegan sandwiches are just not... (laughs) They're not not the best. Uh, I could do a very, very good chicken and chorizo uh, sandwich, though, Mm. which is vegan. That's very good. Um, God. I don't know. (laughs) It's like, how am I meant to answer that? As, as a vegan that doesn't have the best sandwich options in the world like I know but you difficult. can make your own okay so obviously <laughs> obviously bread we're going to do a tomato sandwich where the tomato is the bread I don't I can't I can't do I can't do tomatoes <laughs> I can't do it's the texture of them. I like the taste, the texture of them. No. Um but there's a brand called Squeaky Bean that mm-hmm. is a vegan brand and they do like amazing um vegan deli meats. Yeah. So pretty much just ramming in every single one of those that um obviously a bit of salad in there, gotta keep it a little bit colourful in a sense. <laughs> it's the right in a time. sense um and i'm trying to think like sauce wise so i would garlic would like a garlic alley ollie go with that it goes with everything so we'll just throw that on there as well but instead of the bread i'm going to go for a nice baguette nice nice choice very tory sandwich isn't it <laughs> no i think a plowman's is more tory than anything else or cheese and onion <laughs> And there's us, but literally, like, give me some Hovis. <laughs> give me some like, Hovis or Walden. I don't even get the Hovis, mate. I just get the Tesco's toasty. <laughs> yeah. The one in the orange bag. It's so fucking good, though. 
That's like the best friend going. Oh, <laughs> you can leave God. it out for a week and a half and it doesn't go moldy. <laughs> oh, it's like, what do they put in that? It must be like some I don't know. form of like space food. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Is... It's just. Yeah. How sad are we talking about bread? Hey? <laughs> life, isn't it? <laughs> Definitely with the current situation of fucking <laughs> cost of living. <laughs> One pound seventy five for fucking four liters of milk. What are you chatting? The other month though, when butter was like five pound a tub. If it's on a four pound deal, I'm buying that shit. I will one use... cheaper, still having it on a deal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how many points have I got my cup card? All right, yeah, buying a box of that. <laughs> the most cheapest I've got it so far was three pound seventy five, and I was like, yeah, I'll have that. And when my mum comes over, she's like, you could just get clover. I'm like, no, it's not the same, mum. You, you can't. It's that or nothing. Yeah, exactly. Nothing. Just, no, that one has to be it. And it can't be the fucking cheap shit either. Like the Tesco's brand one. Nah, get out of here. <laughs> Did you think you are? <laughs> I'm not a Tory, but. <laughs> <laughs> but there is an exception. <laughs> oh, my good God. Oh. The funny thing is, like, I know for a fact AJ will probably listen to this and she will message me at some point and be like, what the fuck? Why are you paying four pounds for butter? Because <laughs> <laughs> she made a status about it not long ago about like, who the fuck would go to the shop and buy a four pound box of butter? Me. I will. I just want to say thank you again for joining me on this very cool Hi, interview. Jess, and I'm very, very glad that you asked me to do it. I'm very yeah. glad. Are you a client or somebody who follows me on social media and you want to submit your story? Well, you're in luck. You are welcome to submit it via email, which is Deanna, D-E-A-N-N-A, at pearlcollective.net. This could be an experience you had or just some questions that you want advice on. It could also be a history lesson of when you had the piercing done, who, by, and where. It could be 10, 20, 30 years ago. If you are a piercer and you want to come on my podcast, you are more than welcome to contact me. I'd be happy to do an interview with you or just to talk about life. If you want to contact me, you can do so by social media on Instagram, which is pearlcollective underscore, or via email, which is deanna at pearlcollective.net. Thanks again for listening to Tea with Dee.